Hi, listeners. Welcome back to Motivate, the Motivation and Inspiration Podcast. I'm your host, Dahi D, and today's guest is Chad Williams discussing his drive not to be a loser. Chad gives a bit of his life story and how he became a Navy SEAL. He mentioned how his dad set up a meeting with an internet stranger that ended up fueling him to become one. His whole speech is really dedicated to dealing with adversity. You will either fail because of adversity or succeed because of adversity. Which one is going to be your excuse? Ultimately, you shouldn't let excuses stop you. Just like you shouldn't let it stop you from leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Head on over to the link in the description to leave a review and help others discover this podcast. That's it for me today. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, I'm turning out to be a loser. I mean, the kind of guy that no young person wants to be. Fresh out of high school, attending a local community college. I didn't have any real big plans. I wasn't passing any of my classes. Now the end of the year is coming up. It's time to take finals. And I didn't study for these tests. And as I'm pulling into the school parking lot, I think that's where I was really confronted with it. Like it hit me like, hey, I'm turning out to be a loser. I mean, the kind of guy that no young person wants to be. I'm not making it at school. I'm sitting there in my truck, and I think I come up with the perfect plan. I know what I'm going to do to turn this all around. I'm going to go become an Alaskan crab fisherman. I'm thinking, <laughs> deadliest catch. I'm watching it on Discovery Channel. Like, that's by far one of the most dangerous jobs. There's some honor in that. And I almost settled on that. When the other idea popped into my brain, like, wait, no, why can't I go join the military? And not just that, I want to be a part of the most elite. I want to be a U.S. Navy SEAL. And so my first order of business is this. If I'm going to be a frogman, I don't need to go to school anymore. Started my truck up and took off out of that school parking lot. Never took those tests. And of course, I got to let my dad know some bad news and good news as I phrased it. So I kind of let him know what's going on at school, not really passing any of the classes. And of course, he's kind of face palming like, oh, the good news. Hey, it's all right, dad. I got a plan. I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. And so I'm just doing the preparation, all the running and swimming. And as days go by, he invites me inside one day up into his room. He says, okay, so you really want to do this, huh? You want to be a SEAL? I'm like, yeah, dad, I want to be a SEAL. He goes, great. I set up a workout for you with the Navy SEAL. Check out my computer screen. And I'll never forget, as I'm looking over the computer, my thought is, my dad doesn't have any Navy SEAL friends. Like, who is this? And I see in this email just says, can Chad come out and play tomorrow? I'm like, play? Like, dad, let me get this straight. You, you met some guy off the internet, says he wants to play with me, man, you're arranging all this right now. <laughs> I was like, all right, I guess, you know, I'm going to go meet up with the guy. And so as it turns out, there's more of a conversation he had with this man on the phone that I had no, like I had no knowledge of prior to that email. So as it turns out on the phone, he gets on the phone with this guy, says, hey, look, my son wants to be a Navy SEAL, but here's the deal. He has no idea what he's getting involved in. He doesn't know what he's signing up for. So I'm just asking, could you do me a really big favor? I, I need you to meet up with my son. And what I'm asking you to do, I need you to crush him. Give him a wake-up call. Just bury him. Beat this desire of becoming a seal out of him. So, guy thought about it for a while, and he decides to reply back in the email, can Chad come out and play tomorrow? So I don't know what that is all about, but I'm about to go find out. As I meet up with this Navy SEAL in a beach parking lot, he spots me right away. You, Chad? Yes, sir. All right, Bubba. I was Bubba from that point forward. Get on over here. 
He's got me drop down, doing push-ups and sit-ups. He brings a portable pull-up bar you can hang from anywhere. So I'm doing pull-ups outside the bathroom, like at the beach in front of people. I'm kind of hanging in there. I'm doing the things that he wants me to do. He says, all right, Bubba, why don't you go for this run, you know, 15 minutes down the trail, out into the wetlands and uh, away from the ocean. And 15 minutes into it, you take over. And then I'll be there with you 15 minutes into the run. At the time, I'm like this little wiry guy. I'm like a gazelle. 15 minutes into the run, I'm taking off on this guy. And so I'm leaving him in the dust. He's gone. I don't see him. And I'm looking over my shoulder thinking, ah, like, hey, maybe I'm too fast for this Navy SEAL. He can't catch up on the run. And I'm thinking of the names of my friends I was going to be bragging to as I'm looking over my shoulder again. And it's like a scene cut right out of Terminator 2. You remember the bad guy that can like morph into knife hands and chase down a moving vehicle? That's the SEAL coming at me with knife hands, like a T-1000, right? There's nothing I could do. He closes that gap. I'm thinking we're just in a foot race, right? He passes me by, and I never saw what was coming next as he just plants down, pivots, turns, and I'm greeted by his fist, just impaling my stomach as I'm going for the ride, just clothesline, wind knocked out of me before my back even hit the ground. I just see sky poofing dirt up all around me, and you gotta put yourself in my shoes for a moment here. Because remember, the only intel at the time I had was this. Some guy, my dad met off the internet, he's got me on the ground in the wetlands. Like, I'm thinking child predator, this is happening. (laughs) He is jumping on top of me and just ragdolling me. I still remember that sound of the threads of my shirt just going, ripping, spit flying out of his mouth. He's screaming in my face, going ballistic. I feel like, yeah, the cheek, the forehead, and... (laughs) Then these words come through. You want to be a Navy SEAL? You better stay three paces behind me. There is something about that moment right there. The pain for a moment went away. Time froze. I knew if I quit right now, I'll forever be a quitter. Like this is the moment, Chad. If you quit right now, you will forever be a quitter. The way you respond here is going to affect the trajectory of the rest of your life. And he gets up and says it again, three paces and he turns and he's not letting up. He's showing no mercy. He just takes off. And I know if I quit right now, it's it. And so I'm going after this guy. I'm staying on his heels. And this went on for a handful of miles down this trail. But we finally get to a point where he, he stops, he ends it. And he circles up and he's pacing back and forth. And he breaks this really awkward tension. He just goes, hey, if we would have gone another mile or two, would you have stayed with me? And I just told him, it's like, Scott, I'll die before I quit. Well, he just gets this big smile on his face, completely changes his demeanor. This is it. He goes, great. Hey, you want to meet up again for the workout tomorrow? (laughs) So from that day forward, I began to meet up with this Navy SEAL. And thankfully, it was no longer these beatdown sessions. It became more of a, a building up. In fact, I moved on in life from just being Bubba to eventually I became Junior. He really took me under his wing because he's looking out after me. He is the youngest man to ever make it through SEAL training. He finished it by the time he was 17 years old. He's a world champion pan-athlete. He's the fastest Navy SEAL on the SEAL training obstacle course. And so you can imagine what it's like to be me, you know, to get trained up by this guy. And as time went on, he got me ready. So I sign up. I got a date. It's set. I'm going off now to boot camp. Scott takes an opportunity, as he put it, to go overseas again. It's going to be a very quick turnaround. He's actually leaving before I leave off to boot camp. So he's getting on the phone with me for one last phone call before he goes. He says, all right, Junior. And he says, I just want you to know something, though, that I've never told anybody that I've ever trained before. And so that right there really cued me in, like important words coming next. And he says, I know you're going to make it through SEAL training. And to hear like that type of vote of confidence from him, 
It, I, I'll never have the words to like really put it into words, right? Like that just meant the world to me. I couldn't wait for my opportunity to, like, to prove him right, to make him proud, and just to do this thing that I've wanted to do from the very beginning now. So when I actually start SEAL training in Coronado, San Diego, he says, I'll be back. I'm gonna be there by your side. We're gonna see you make it through. So we say our goodbyes. Can't wait to see him. you get back, Scott. So he's gone. I'm excited about to get this thing going. Just for the time's sake, I guess the numbers do speak for themselves. SEAL training, I started the class of 173 guys. By graduation day, only 13 of that original class number still standing there. So I'm up one day, television on in the background, and I remember looking over the screen like I can't believe what I just, I'm seeing on the screen. Cause I'm looking at a picture of Scott smiling. I'm just looking at the profile shot. And that's when I see in the lower third of the screen, Scott's birth date, followed by a dash, and it says March 31st, 2004. And before I could process in my mind, like what that means, I didn't have an opportunity. Cause then it switches from the smiling image of him to graphic video footage of a vehicle burning in the background, which was the vehicle that he was in, along with three other Americans, as their vehicle was ambushed by a group of insurgents that videotaped everything that they were doing. I went through all the different emotions. And revenge is a fuel. It's not a good fuel to live off of, but it is a fuel. So it's just one of those things, you just don't go forward the same person from there. Look back to that day in the parking lot. Man, if I could just become a SEAL, I thought, oh, you know, that would be a fuel I could live off of and burn on for the rest of my life. And then on top of all that, doing it in honor and memory of my mentor, who was really his, his name on the inside of my hat. But I do think that there is a takeaway for all of us, and it has to do with dealing with adversity. See, a lot of times the adversity that we face has to do with outside circumstances that we literally have no control over. You have no control over it. Everyone here has faced adversity, at least to some degree. And here's the thing, is it's not a singular event, is it? It's imminent that there will be more. Nobody's immune to that. And so you have to kind of prepare yourself in a way ahead of time. Like realize that you are going to face more adversity. It's not an if, it's a when. So if you have no control over that, what's the one thing you do have control over? You control the way that you respond. You are the determiner of if that adversity is going to be what we can ultimately call a wing or a weight. Will you allow it to be a weight that just sinks you, leaves you knocked down, never to get back up again? People just say, that's it, they're out for the count, they're never coming back from that one. Or do you find a wing in there somehow, it's just a way to rise to the occasion. So our seal creed, it's just forged by adversity. You will either fail because of adversity or you will be forged by adversity.